Welcome back to the While We Wait podcast, the podcast about abstinence and celibacy. My name is Winter and I am your host. I have been abstaining from sex for three years and yes, I am waiting for marriage. Season two is now sponsored by, and yes, that's the entire season. Season two is now sponsored by Shiriko. Shiriko is a black woman owned soy wax based candle and more company. They are based in the Bay Area, California. You can find out more about Shiriko by visiting www.shopshiriko.com. That's www.shopshariko.com. I'm super excited for season two. We're bringing you guests. We're bringing you games. We're bringing you fun. We're bringing you super exciting conversations. We're bringing you music. We're bringing you a lot more this season. And it's all thanks to our sponsor, Shiriko. Once again, this entire season of While We Wait, the podcast about abstinence and celibacy is brought to you by Shiriko, a black woman-owned soy wax-based candle company based out of the Bay Area, California. And not only do they make soy wax candles, they make re-diffusers, linen sprays, body products, shower products, and more. It's self-care in a luxe way. I say on the podcast, like, yes, although I'm a black woman, and so of course, like, my blackness is usually centered because I'm a black person. Yeah. This podcast isn't, like, about um, my experience being abstinent, like, as a black woman. Like, that just comes out in my yeah. experience because that's my lived experience as a black person. But I don't, I'm not, like, wearing my kente cloth and shouting at people i'm not no this isn't that podcast <laughs> if i'm gonna do that i'll make That's a cool. different podcast for it <laughs> um, okay okay no problem yeah you know this is not this is not this one um so yes please introduce yourself to the podcast like tell people who you are where you're from because they're probably like what's that accent and i'm like i don't know y'all <laughs> um yeah my name's steven i live in belfast in uh, a little corner of the north of ireland um, I, God, it's, it's so awkward when you have to like introduce yourself. Isn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I live with my husband and our two dogs. Um, I am a qualified therapist. Okay. Um, yeah, I work with mental health and addictions and homelessness in Belfast. And I am a lapsed part-time, sometimes writer. Okay. <laughs> so... Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. How's Ireland? What's that like? I've always wanted to go there. I've never been. It's really cold. Mm, I've heard that. <laughs> yeah. At the moment, it's. I mean, we kind of have the same kind of weather as, say, like New England. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when it's cold, it's cold. When it's hot, it's cold. <laughs> um, right. You know, it's. Yeah. When it's summer, it's warm. You know, it's. But it's. It's nice here it's nice and peaceful and um the people are friendly uh yeah i suppose it's a bit like living in i would say vermont um but with a bit yeah with a with a bit more congestion of traffic probably Mm. but yeah it's nice here i I like it it looks so lush and green like in in books and stuff i'm always like what's island like it looks so oh it's it's beautiful right okay i'm like it looks so luscious i want to go there and be luscious. <laughs> be luscious in Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's be- it's beautiful over here. Um we're very 
spoiled for like greenery, like green scenery mm. and like mountains and valleys. Yeah, it's 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 lovely. It's, if you've ever watched Game of Thrones, you'll know I what love it looks like. Game it's all of Thrones. Here. <laughs> yeah, it was all filmed here. So you know where they, you know, the, like the King's Road and yeah. where they filmed the Erie and the Vale. That's all filmed here. So yeah, it's gorgeous. I think I also want to go to Ireland because of Game of Thrones, but just because of like. All the all that whole genre, like Game of Thrones, Order of the Ring, all mm. that kind of stuff, I'm really into, and they're always like filmed there or like places like like the Netherlands yeah. and stuff. So I'm like, oh, I want to go. I just associate it with like storybook, like magic, dragons. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna go to like, Ireland and see a dragon. I just know I am. I'm gonna see a dragon. Dragons <laughs> real, and they're in Ireland. You guys just don't know yet, but I'm you, all the dragons <laughs> exist in Ireland. It's probably a little bit too small for dragons over here, but um, yeah, if you get the chance to come over here, I don't know if you watched any of the Chronicles of Narnia yes. films or, yeah. Yes, no, like I'm, I'm that the, kid. I'll tell you right now, I'm that kid. I watched all those things. <laughs> good. The guy who wrote those books comes from Belfast and he was inspired by the scenery here. Mm. So yeah, so yeah, it's all kind of interwoven. Um, and our like culture and history and yeah it's it's a it's an island of writers and poets so it's beautiful that. over here i love that yeah is belfast so i don't know how things work so is belfast like a like a more like a town type of community is it city like or oh it's city like i mean okay. it's very much divided into like it's it's Belfast is basically four cities because if you're if you're from the north you're from North Belfast if you're from the west you're, you know okay so okay. it's yeah it's very much and there's a river that runs through it so there's a north so there's like a east side and a west side but it's probably no bigger than about probably like I don't know Buffalo New York oh like it's right. not a big yeah oh, it's not a big city yeah. it's not a big city okay yeah hmm. probably about probably about maybe three quarters of a million people living in here. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, yeah. as a New Yorker, I'm like, oh, that's small. My other one's like, what, three? said three million. Mm, that's tiny. That's a block. <laughs> mm, yeah. I was in New York last year, uh, or not last year, the year before. Yeah. And uh, trust me, Belfast is tiny compared to New York. Tiny. Like places are so small. And they're like, where are you from again? Like, yeah. York. They're like, okay, shut up. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is my bad. <laughs> I wasn't just saying. It's kind of small here. Um, ooh, anyway. <laughs> So, um, as everyone knows, listening to this podcast is about abstinence and celibacy. And so I like to always ask the guests, what, ha- what are their experiences with abstinence and celibacy? So tell us just how you came to even understand, like, what abstinence was, what celib- celibacy was. Like, the first time you even heard those words, like, where was your mind going? Where were you? You know what I'm saying? Like, were you 12 and you read yeah. a book or someone said something? You were like, oh, that's interesting. I was I, I was really young. I mean, I grew up in a pretty like Christian, mm. um, conservative household, and uh, you know the idea of abstinence and chastity and not having sex before marriage was like you know this is the law. This is right. <laughs> the, yeah. You know, if you if you have sex before marriage, you be be prepared to die. Kind of. Thing, no, I trust know? me. I went to Catholic like, school. I I got that talk. Oh. Uh, yeah, I was, I was brought up like religious Protestant, like, mm. uh, yeah. Um, so abstinence, I mean, it wasn't really a thing until I was in my teenage years, but I knew what it was. Right. Um, but then it, it was kind of weird because it, 
I, I kind of realized that it wouldn't really apply to me because I am, you know, LGBT, I'm, right. I'm gay, I'm queer. So that in itself was a different battle because I was like, not only will I not be able to have sex before marriage, but I can't even get married. Right. So what I was, what what's that all about? Mm. Um, but yeah, it was kind of drummed into us in high school as well by our like sex education, which God, it was so <laughs> like, <laughs> everyone talks about high school and sex ed and everyone just takes this big deep sigh like oh, i don't really know what happened there they called it sex yeah. ed but i don't know what i learned because i can't it was i didn't learn a thing <laughs> i didn't learn a thing. i mean all i learned in sex ed was how to put a condom on a banana yep and that if you got hiv then you were gonna die yep. and none of those like that's not true no um but sex ed was very much tilted towards it's not educating kids about what sex and safe sex was. It was, you know, just don't do it. Yeah. And you'll be fine. Right. Yeah. Um, a lot of fear mongering around like teenage pregnancies and STIs and, you know, because I- Ireland, we have a really, really troubled history with, mm. um, you know, the grip of both the church uh, the Catholic Church and the Protestant Church on how norms, societal norms, are, are viewed around sex. And, uh, you know, for a long, long, long time in Ireland, there was the mother and baby homes, um, which, I, th- I mean, I think they, they, I think they existed in the States as well. I'm not too sure. But basically, they were, they were basically like... <sighs> Workhouses mm. that existed for unwed mothers, oh, and yeah, like yeah, That's God, there was a whole Whoa. yeah, there's a whole government inquiry into it recently here. Um, so basically, um, pre- predominantly in the Republic of Ireland, but also happened in the North, is that if a, a, a woman became pregnant outside mm-hmm. of marriage, and if she was under the age of say twenty five or whatever, and, her, and lived with her family, right. The family, the family would would likely like ship her off to a convent. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and the amount of shame and trauma that that inflicted upon an entire, well, multiple generations yeah. of women in Ireland. Um, I mean, I I know that's not why, why I want to talk about this, and I'm not an expert on it, but it's something that runs very deeply through our right. national psyche. Is right. that you know, sex and baby making is bad unless you are married and in a committed relationship yeah. and this happened up until the, the, the 1980s this oh, wasn't this, this is like a recent thing this was like uh-huh. been, this living, been been living memory mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm. um so and only recently have things started to come together about people you know speaking out about it and the horrors about that so it, that that very much was running through your mind as a kid being yeah. told told about safe sex and abstinence and you know the the consequence of not being abstinent is well you'll be forever shamed and mm. be seen as an unfit parent or mm. whatever right. so yeah i mean all of that plus being gay is really really good for your mental health i mean you know <laughs> an apple a day the same. Yeah, <laughs> apple a day keeps your son gay. Honestly, you know that's, that's the saying. Yeah. I don't know what they've been telling you yeah. all, but that's <laughs> that's 
the correct thing. <laughs> so yeah, that's what that's where my mind was at, and I, I think it was very much like sex education was very much directed at women rather than men. Yeah, you know, um, and even thinking back on it now, a lot of it was geared towards young women. And here's how to not get raped. Basically, here's than, how to not get raped. Yeah. Here's how to not get pregnant. Yeah, there was yeah never, rather toward that. Yeah, there was never a conversation about your own autonomy just as a oh God, person yeah. <laughs> like forget being a woman as a person but because you are a girl who becomes a woman yeah it's just like oh no you don't really have any like power over your body so don't do these things and like people won't harm you specifically men won't harm you but it's like but i exactly. can do all the things you tell me to do <laughs> and yeah. they still do these things so what's like what's the truth what are we really learning here Exactly. And I don't think we ever had a conversation once about consent. Mm. Mm. Like, I don't think, I don't think we, I, I can't remember because it was a long time ago, but I don't, I, it doesn't stick out as ever a conversation that we ever had as young people was about sexual consent. Um, so yeah, it was very, I think it was, I think very damaging. Yeah. I can't remember any conversations I had about consent growing up formally um in school it was more it wasn't really it was less about here's how you get consent and just more about if they say no stop if you don't stop it's rape you know like if you say no and they don't stop yeah. it's rape and that was pretty much it which is like yes that yeah. teach us that yes but also like you can have sex if you decide but if you like to decide to have sex with someone you know that doesn't mean they that they're deciding to have sex with you so ask them like can yeah, you do this exactly. is this okay or even in the act of it y'all can start doing something they can be like okay so i liked all those other things i don't like this thing you know so stop doing this thing during sex but you can keep yeah. doing all the other things there was never that it was just don't do this if they say stop it or you're like you're raping them or yeah, yeah. If you just say no and they don't stop then it's just rape and not and when i was younger it's so crazy i was always already thinking like okay like I, we get that but what if you do want to do stuff with a person and they want to do stuff with you yeah. and you don't know how to like start that conversation about like i want to do stuff with you i want to do sex i want to have sex like i want to do that with you but how do yeah. i ask you that they never tell you how to ask which i've always felt like you know i'm no expert or anything but i've always felt like being educated in that way i think leads a lot of people to these very um sort of just vi just like have violent experiences with sex because yeah. no one ever taught you how to even ask to just like do anything with the person so instead yeah. of asking you take or you force or you you coerce yeah. people <laughs> you know like coercion yeah. is a huge thing you think they're telling you yes and it's like no, they're being polite because they don't want this to get violent, even though it's already gotten violent because they don't even want to be doing this. God, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, like maybe you're not, you know, ooh, I'm not forcing myself. Okay, but you're manipulating them into saying yes because you don't know how to just ask yeah. them outright. But then again, no one taught you. I have a huge thing about sex ed. I've always been like, I think it's lacking and... Whenever I talk 100%. about abstinence and celibacy, people usually think it's because I was just educated in, like, you know, abstinence, sex education. And I was like, actually, I wasn't. <laughs> Nobody yeah. ever really told me don't have sex. It was just more so like, well, you probably shouldn't because 
someone might hurt you. So just don't do it until you're married. But then I'm like, well, wait a minute. How is that going to work? Because if you're telling me if I do have sex, it'll probably get violent because men are violent. You know, or they can be violent because my body's so yeah. enticing. So just don't have sex until I'm married. How am I marry a man? Like, I'm like, how am I going to marry a man? Like, how do I even get there with a the man <laughs> if we can't get past holding each other's hands? And y'all are not even teaching me the in-between. What, what, where yeah. are we going with that? So I it's don't so get it. Backwards. backwards it's so like the idea that it was that that was kind of what we were taught as well you know mm. like you know uh if a girl doesn't want to have sex then that's fine but as you said there was no there was no conversation about how to talk about consent right um, and what is it like what was, what was the message like find a woman who isn't going to be afraid of you raping her and then marry that woman. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, that's basically what you're telling people. And I'm like, I don't think, I don't think you guys understand this is not going to create healthy relationships. <laughs> yeah. That is not, that sits the bare minimum. Like, like the bare, bare minimum. minimum. I'm like, okay. Cause they can't even ask you how to have sex with you. How they even just ask you, like, just do simple things. Like be exactly. nice be kind. I'm like, we have to get, there before we even start talking about let's have sex or whatever but i don't know i think um i think so i had sex for the first time when i was 18 lovely experience every time i talk about it i'm always like great experience 10 out of 10 (laughs) super glad i did that like i'm so super glad i did that i did it exactly how i wanted to really told the story a thousand times i'll tell it again because i love it um This was back. This was like back in the day when Tumblr was still a thing. So I made oh, a God. Tumblr friend. I know, right? Like when I, when I sometimes when I retell the story, I'm like, Ugh, I was kind of a stranger. But you know what? It was years ago, and I'm here now. So I made this Tumblr friend. Long story short, we go from like sending messages, being friends, to actually meeting each other in person because he was also from yeah. the city. Um, you know, I, I I made sure he wasn't, you know, actually a. 50-year-old creeper man, you know, like, somewhere else or whatever. <laughs> Met him in a public space, y'all, so please don't lose your minds. Met him in a public space, like, got to know him, cool, we became friends, and I was getting ready to go off to college, and I was like, dang, like, I don't want to, like, have sex with, like, a stranger, because my whole education was basically, like, a stranger will hurt you, you know? So I was like, okay, yeah. well, I don't want to have sex with a stranger, because a stranger will probably hurt me, but I want to have sex i've been wanting to have sex but all of the people around me who were already having sex were basically like in relationship with each other so i was like well i can't have sex with any of them so who do i have sex with (laughs) um and i asked him and i was like hey like i have never had sex before i want to have sex for the first time i know that you've had sex before and that you're having sex so can we have sex? And that, like, like that's literally what I texted him. <laughs> we laughed about this. Time. He was like, you were Excellent. so formal. But I was like, I just wanted to really communicate to you <laughs> yeah. what I wanted to do because I knew I didn't want to be your girlfriend. And I knew I was going to college. Like, I knew, like, you know, this was something I was going to do on the weekend. I was going to be in Georgia, like, for the next four years. Yeah. So I was like, I just want to do this thing. So I want to do this thing. And I want it to be an enjoyable experience. So I had sex for the first time. And I was super excited. 10 out of 10 experience. Went to college. Didn't really have a lot of sex. Um, Entered college with a boyfriend, though. 
because I got a boyfriend shortly after I had sex for the first time. So I wasn't having that much sex with my boyfriends in, you know, one of the states. So I was being, you know, a loyal girlfriend. And then we broke up, got another boyfriend. <laughs> was having <laughs> was having more sex. We broke up, whatever. But I was, so I was engaging in casual sex. And I just kind of found myself in a space where I was just like, I'm kind of over this. I really don't want to have casual yeah. sex anymore. And I learned very early on, I'm only 20, ooh, almost at 23, 24. Um, I'm 24 now. But, yeah, by yeah, by 20, I was like, I'm tapped out. This is not enjoyable anymore. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out why. And, and that's what it was for me. Because I couldn't figure out why it wasn't enjoyable anymore, that's how I knew, okay, I have to stop. Because if I can't even figure out why I'm not enjoying it, I don't need to be doing it. Um, but I wasn't calling yeah. it, I wasn't saying I was abstaining and I wasn't saying I was celibate in the beginning. I was just like, well, I'm just not having sex right now. Like, I'm just not doing that. Um, yeah. And maybe it wasn't until I was like, oh, it's been a year. Okay. You know, like, oh, I mean, this is the lifestyle. Right. I've been doing this. Um, that I started to say, okay, I, I, I'm abstinent. I'm, I'm, I'm now consciously abstaining from sex. Okay. This is different. Yeah. Because I think it's different when you're just not having sex because you're just not having sex to when you, you know, shift your mindset and you're like, okay, no, I am consciously, like, I will have arousal, I will meet somebody, I will be like, oh, I want to have sex, but I know, "Mm, not what I need to be doing. So I'm consciously going to make the choice to still not have sex with you, even though I want to have sex with you. Um, And so that's pretty much how I think I introduced myself to abstinence and celibacy Mm -hmm. because... It wasn't, like, in my core education of, like, you know, sex education. It wasn't, Like you said, like, it wasn't, like, it was really discussed. I didn't have, like, an abstinence-based, like, sex health, uh, sex ed, like, classes in middle school or high school. They were just kind of, like, these are the things that can happen when you have sex. So you probably shouldn't have sex until you really want to have sex because you can have a baby. You know? Like, that was pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're not ready for a baby, don't have sex. Okay, bye. Go to class. Like, that was pretty much my education. Nobody was like, you know, here are other ways. And, you know, nobody was talking about sexual transmutation and using that energy for other things. Like, it was just, don't have, don't get pregnant. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't want to be pregnant at 15. You're right. Like, okay, <laughs> I want to do it. Um, and, I, and, I, and I went on all my life. I went on all my life. So, um, it's so interesting to see that even across the world it's still the same shitty ass education about sex that's horrible (laughs) it's not i wouldn't i wouldn't even give it the 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 title of education it's like here's a pamphlet yeah don't get pregnant no don't get pregnant and don't get someone pregnant and like the end (laughs) yeah (laughs) if you you have a baby and it's it's the weirdest thing because like it's like this Christian atheist, they are very much mm. pro-life. Like they are all for women having babies. But then it's like you know, babies are a gift. But if you have one, you'll ruin your fucking life. Well, and I've never, <laughs> and like, I've never got the messaging. I'm like, who came up with this messaging? It doesn't work. <laughs> they, two, these like, things can't. No, you can't be telling yeah, them both like, at the same time. It's so confusing. You can't be telling me that I need to buy your product. 
and then tell me that your product is gonna ruin my life. Right, that's the worst fucking choice you can make. What are you saying? Why is why would I buy it? Because we told you so. I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not education, it's like misinformation through fear. Oh my gosh, yes. It's terrible. It's yes. hard it's it, yeah, it's so damaging and it's had such a devastating impact on particularly I think in Ireland, I mean, obviously, it's the case for women across oh, the yeah. planet. Yeah. But, but just from personal experience and, and you know, uh, my own experiences of women that I I, I, I have as friends and family, that's their experience. Is mm. that the misogyny is real? Like, it's, oh no, it's scary, real. Yeah, really, it's it's just ingrained within every every aspect yeah. of family and uh social life here it's awful no it's it's it's, um it's frightening (laughs) when i think about it i'm like it's actually it's frightening maybe one of the things they did get right was telling us that it's scary oh well yeah it is kind of scary it is scary you guys are right about that (laughs) yeah it's scary 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 because you guys made it scary literally (laughs) so i'm like i mean it is scary i mean you made it i wasn't i wasn't born when half of these pamphlets were even written but here i am (laughs) the same information from 1952 (laughs) As Jesus, if that somehow yeah. still applies. No, I could not believe. Like, literally, <laughs> in high school, I was like, I cannot believe, like, these are my references. Like, this this definitely says 1964. Like, you cannot think this Jesus. applies to my life right now. My sex life? No. <laughs> like, and the yeah, teachers are serious. You- like, they're seriously telling me this information. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's 2000-something. We can't be. Yeah. When you have sex education leaflets and literature that is dated pre Roe v. Wade. Why? Why? <laughs> it's just like, why? Especially at this point, the kids have the internet now, everything. Why? It's just like, just tell the kids you don't care about them. Because we can Google yeah. anything now. So what are you telling these 12-year-olds and 15-year-olds? What? They're about to put you on TikTok and call you dumb. Like, that's what they're about to do. Because <laughs> even they know this makes no sense. No sense. <laughs> None no at sense. all. It's, no um, sense. It's 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 a it's a wild thing to me. Have you <laughs> have you ever had a like a solid state of celibacy or abstinence or do you even do you even like that language? I'm personally, I'm yeah. I'm more I lean more towards the language of celibacy just because of the definition. I just think it's more in line with like me. In my state of being and like what yeah. I'm doing now, but how about you? I mean, I suppose I I've never really considered it in those terms, mm, but mm-hmm. um, like I've been in a couple of long-term relationships, and um, I was in one in my early twenties, and I we broke up whenever I was about twenty-four. Okay, um, we were together for like well, five years, wow. really. Yeah. So by the time we split up, we were completely different people because when we met, we were only like 20. Yeah, but that's a whole uh, lifetime. Of- <laughs> yeah, it's a long time. Yeah. A lot like a, a lot of formative stuff goes on in those mm-hmm. years. Um, then afterwards, like I had casual sex um, with a few people. and But I was, it was, for me, it wasn't about the sex. Mm-hmm. It was, I'm looking for companionship and I was going about it the completely wrong way. Oh, and I realized that I was giving my, giving piece of myself to these people that they weren't reciprocating yes and all i was doing was making myself feel yep. um 
like unloved yep. or yep. you you know whatever you want to call it. I was very lonely, mm. so I decided I was like, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, and I I I, I did I stopped I, I if you want to call it I took a break yeah from hooking up with people because I thought well this is damaging me like this yes. is having a real impact on my mental health I feel lonely I feel worthless I I'm literally only having sex because it means that I am in physical contact with another person it's not because I enjoy sex okay yes. um, yeah <laughs> that's where I was you know, that's where I was at twenty yeah. I, was like, I don't even enjoy this anymore. <laughs> Like yeah, why the hell am I doing this? I was like, like, going to be close to a person. And I was like, well, that's not good. You have to stop. Yeah. Yeah. If if I, if I the case is that I would rather be with somebody who treats me like crap, doesn't know my name, mm. and will never call me again rather than be alone, then I got some work to do mm. on my own, you know, because that's not, that's not healthy. No. So... But uh, I'm not. I can't remember how long that lasted for. You know, it wasn't a conscious period of time mm-hmm. where I thought, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm ready to go back into that now. But when I did, I, I felt like I had come to uh, an understanding with myself that, well, there are certain boundaries I need to set for myself. Mm, boundaries. Uh, yeah, and but that, that's the thing. Like go, going back to sex, sex education. No one tells you about this stuff. Oh no, you don't learn boundaries. Oh, you definitely don't learn no. boundaries. <laughs> no, this is not like, a conversation about boundaries. Oh no, not at all. But that's because um, there's just sex and there's nothing in between, and it's like, yeah. well, first of all, sex is, doesn't just involve a penis and a vagina. That's one. <laughs> yeah, like that's what they mess up to begin with. That's not sex yeah. is just penis and vagina, so that's one. <laughs> like, yeah. and they don't yeah. do boundaries, so. <laughs> Back to the the communications, like maybe that maybe I don't want to have sex with you, right? Maybe I don't want to be penetrated, but like maybe I want to do other things that fall in the category of sex. But because I don't know how to say that, you don't know how to say that, we do these weird things that are crossing each other's boundaries. Yeah, no one even told us that we can even have boundaries. That's what I think. No one even tells you you can have boundaries, and you think that people shouldn't have to be told, but. Yes, you do. At 15, at 18, even at 21, yes, you do. Someone needs to reinforce that in you and say, hey, you get to, yeah. you get to have boundaries like with your body. You get to have boundaries. Yeah. You get to say no. You get to decide when it's okay to say yeah. yes. Yeah. And it wasn't until, I think, after I had had, like, uh, I, I don't know how many different experiences, sexual encounters, where I thought, well, I'm not getting anything out of this except, you know, emotional pain. Mm-hmm. Um, that I thought, well, you know, it's, it's maybe time to put up some boundaries and decide, well, this is how I'm going to go forward with yeah. this. Um, and it's really tricky. It's really messy and, um, it's clunky and it's clumsy and it's, it's, it's like, it's like trying to make a fucking lasagna in a dark kitchen. Yes. You know, there's, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yes. That's a perfect yeah. analogy. Cause yes. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna make so many mistakes so you're gonna make a mess but at the end of it you know that you're doing it because it's something for you yeah. that you can say yes this is this is this is my lasagna yeah <laughs> you can have it if you want but if i don't want you to have it then you don't get it yeah then you don't get it it goes it goes yeah. back in the refrigerator for me later yeah exactly <laughs> it belongs and, to me yeah I, I didn't mean this to turn into a lasagna 
that's a perfect metaphor though just imagine trying to make lasagna in the dark that is chaotic that's gonna be a mess but then it's like yeah but you have to go through that you know like when you're learning boundaries when you're learning boundaries it is kind of chaotic because you don't even know what your boundaries are so you might think you don't like certain things on Tuesday but then maybe you're like maybe I do like it but maybe I just want to tweak this like little aspect of you know I'm like that's a lot you're just like I don't really know like yeah. do I even like that do I am I attracted to this you know like what even like where even am yeah. I like as a person and it's messy you're spilling shit there's sauce all over the place the noodles weren't cooked yeah. like that is, that's a perfect analogy because I was just I envisioned it and I was like how the fuck would you make yeah, the dark. <laughs> like, yeah, it'd be so chaotic. You can't. But that's like, it. It's that's learning boundaries. It's a little chaotic yeah. at first. Very much, very much. And the the painful thing about setting boundaries is, you you almost have to get hurt. Oh yeah. To figure out what they what that is. Yeah. And, and that's it's horrible. It's horrible. But I think. It's a necessary lesson. Oh no, I, I agree. You know, I just, I just wish that you know, young people were prepared for that, mm. um, rather than finding out. Like, for instance, we tell, we tell people to wear seatbelts in their cars. We don't. Yeah. We don't wait till they fly through the windshield and then go. Oh, by the way. Right. Put, you should put your seatbelt on. Oops. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I meant to tell yeah. you that. My, it wasn't in the pamphlet. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, my bad. That's really what they do. Oops. Sorry. Oops. <laughs> Because, like, that's just, that's irresponsible. Mm. And the same should be applied to this kind of stuff. I love that you said that it was irresponsible because that is, that is it right there. Like, I just think the way that we go about educating people, especially children, teenagers, youth, however you want to say it, about sex and autonomy and their boundaries and just all of that together and how it works together we go about it very irresponsibly. And then yeah. we see these stories on the news that are horrific about couples, yeah. especially when they're young. I When I see something like, I mean, a young couple, like teenagers getting into like violence because of sex. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just like, this is not their fault. They were educated yeah. by adults, quote unquote, irresponsibly. So they didn't yeah. know how else to go about it like what do they say like your brain isn't even your fucking cognitive like that frontal yeah. lobe is not even all the way together until you're like 25 and then apparently for men it's not the 27 so it's like basically yeah. until you're 30 you don't know anything so, <laughs> like I'm, th- I'm 32 I-, I don't know jack shit you know what I'm saying conversation so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be had around the influence of Particularly on young men, like yeah. porn. Oh, God. oh. like uh, and, and how their first experiences and exposure to uh, sexual encounters is what they see on Pornhub. And most of or, porn is rape, so whatever. that's that's what's also dangerous because it's like most porn yeah. is really just rape. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> sexual. So. With a goddamn ring light, you know what I mean, and a, like, and a, and a boom mic. It's not, yeah. And that was like whenever I was in high school, like a lot of the guys I would have, well, a lot of the guys in my in my class um, or in my year would have had like 
dirty magazines, mm. porn magazines. Um, and I was, it was always steeped in secrecy and shame. Yeah. And if, if a teacher caught a, 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 one of the guys with like a porn mag um, or a dirty photograph or whatever, they would have called their parents, they would have had them in detention, and there was no conversation with the, the young person about, well, let's talk about right. what this is. What this is, what attraction is, Nothing. what arousal is. Because what you're doing is, right in that moment, you are now reinforcing this idea yes. that this is something that's shameful. Like, oh, shame yes. on you for finding women attractive or men attractive, or shame on you for yeah. being aroused at this thing. Like, you are now punished. So I'm like, of course this person becomes an adult who only thinks that yeah. sex is a shameful, like, dirty thing to want. And it's like, you literally only exist because of sex, so we should probably literally. reevaluate literally. how we feel about yeah. sex. We should think about that, like, a little bit more. Just like a little bit more. Like, it's just, it's just, it's crazy to me that we haven't really progressed past um, teaching girls to, you know, be abstinent mm. for the sake of, and not in a positive way. Yeah. Like, it's not about choice. No. It's, it's about, it's well, you fear. need to be, I think that fear. Women, I yeah, think it's out of fear. young women... I think most young women make the choice to abstain from sex and wait until marriage or enter a state of celibacy, especially if they just already have, they haven't had sex for the first time yet, or they Mm -hmm. haven't had sex at all, strictly out of fear. Like not even because they're just trying to save them. Like some people, a lot of my friends who formally believed, because now they've all kind of changed that idea, formally believed (laughs) that they were being abstinent, you know, for God and through faith. They've, most yeah. of them have kind of come to the conclusion that like, I didn't really care if God like was rooting for me or not in that department. I was really afraid. Like people made me afraid of sex because all we tell yeah. the women is, oh, a man will hurt you or you'll get pregnant. And then what you do if you're pregnant, you're gonna have a baby. You know, like it's just violence, yeah. violence, violence. Like that. I that's really what what always stuck out to me. Yeah. Learning about sex, not at home. But in school, it was it, like violence, violence, violence. Like it was just like you keep telling me this is a really violent experience. Yet some, I, I know and understand that I only exist because of sex, which yeah. is a really difficult thing to work to work around in your mind because you existing yeah. is like this beautiful thing. You're just happy. You know, I'm this happy child that like loves being a kid <laughs> and loves the world. And I know that sex is why I'm here because, you know, the birds and the bees and the stork bought me. But then my mom was like, I ain't no stork bought you. This is what happened. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm like, all right. I get it. That's how it's beautiful. Right? And I'm like, okay, that's beautiful. But then in school, they're like, it is violent. You will get pregnant. It'll be the worst thing in your life. And I'm like, that is not. I'm hearing two conflicting ideas. And yeah, I'm 12. It's... You know, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to believe. So, and I'm 12. So it's somebody the, it's, explain. Yeah. It's the idea. It's like, it's your, it's out, as you're saying, it's out of fear. And we know young women and young men are taught about, well, if you have sex before marriage, you know, it's going to be some really awful consequences for you. But yeah. don't worry. Once you get married, it's going to be really enjoyable. How? Like, that's what I'm saying. What? How? How do I, 
how do I even get to marriage? That's, that's what I never understood. How do I even get to marriage if you're telling me everything in the in-between is going to be some violent, horrific, like, dangerous thing I do? How do I get married? Why would I trust a man to be married to him if you're telling me his only, like, goal in life is to get me in bed and then, like, run off? Uh-huh. I, mm, then I don't want to yeah. talk to men. Like, I don't... I, I'm not sure... If they know this is the programming, like the people, because I've met some sexual educators who go that route, who really feel that like they are doing a service to the children. They're really like, no, this is keeping you all safe. Like, it kept me safe. It's keeping you safe. And I'm like, listen, hey, you're one person. Maybe it really did keep you safe, and you've had an amazing storybook love romance. Yeah. that's great for you. But um, there's like a billion people in the world, like more than that. And I promise you. Yeah. Like, 90% of them are not having this experience. So I don't think this should be how we go about educating people. And um, yeah. what are what do you think, you know, even just for where you are, but even on a global scale? Cause I, I try to think globally, especially when it comes to sex. Because mm-hmm. I feel like sex is one of the very few things that, like, as humans, that we all can kind of you know find some common ground yeah. on like sexual activity like having sex arousal like we can all kind of find a common ground like hey people like sex like having sex look at all these look at all these freaking humans clearly we like having sex so <laughs> it's a thing you know what i mean so like globally how you know how do you feel or what would you think or suggest you know that kind of language mm-hmm. um we can go about better educating people not even just children because it's people i mean you got grown folks 30s even 40s who do not know all the parts of their own anatomy you know and i'm like how you don't know this but then i'm like i can't even be mad at you because i'm thinking about when you went to school there wasn't nobody teaching you about no urethas (laughs) the vast deference nobody was teaching you about that you know testes nobody taught you about that they said none of that (laughs) like they didn't teach you anything so i'm like i can't be mad at you so how do you think we can you know start to kind of change the narrative and just open people up more to conversations that are empowering like i like i started this podcast because i wanted to have more empowering conversations around abstinence and celibacy um because i felt like everything i was hearing about it was either linked to religion and linked to fear and I'm like, well, yes. those are very two extremes. And there's a lot of us who don't exist in that. And that's not why we're doing yeah. it. But sometimes we hide behind it because we think, well, everybody understands it better if it's coming from there. Not realizing you want, you only under, you only think that because that's what everybody's telling you. But that's just out of fear. Like, how do we, how do we yeah. shift that narrative, shift that mindset? God, that's a really, really good question. I mean, I, I think uh, probably... We need to take the religious aspect out of it completely. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, a root and branch reform of how we talk about safe sex. Mm. Because, I mean, we have people who, I know, I know people who will talk about consent and will talk about um, their sexual choices and they will talk about how. You know, if they want to be in a polyamorous relationship, that's right. up to them, etc. But the minute you mention somebody who's a sex worker, they cringe. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, actually, you're not sex positive. No, yeah. You're positive 
you're only positive about your own sex. Mm. So, and that all links back to the religious dogma about what sex is and what sex means. Yeah. Um, so, well, for me, that's 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 my interpretation of it. And mm-hmm. um, I think if we want people to be more educated about sex and what it means, I, you know what, I, I say make a sex worker the minister for health. Hello. Or the minister for education. I promise you, they um, don't no worry the people with the degrees. I promise yeah. you, they do. <laughs> like there's 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 a poem um i can't remember um who it's who it's by i'm gonna look it up here um two seconds let's see hey listeners i'm just checking in to make sure that you're enjoying today's video make sure that you are following the podcast on instagram at underscore while we wait make sure you are leaving comments liking pictures and letting us know the topics that you're interested in hearing we are so excited to be you know moving forward with seasons two and yes sweetie season three we are confirmed for a third season lined up interviews and all many more solo episodes to come i'm just super 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 excited that you're on this journey with me let's get it okay (laughs) back to the episode now um it was uh, they were an aids activist um a female aids activist back in 1992 okay and they they wrote a poem about um what they want to see as a president, who they want as a president. And mm. one of the lines that always stuck with me is, I want a president that had an abortion at 16. Hello. And I want people who, I want people who, who have had these experiences. Yeah, the lived experiences to be the The lived experiences. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't, you, you, you don't take medical advice from anybody who isn't a doctor. Hello. <laughs> you don't, you know, I, I didn't get somebody who's never driven a car to teach me how to drive. Exactly. So why are we allowing uh, guys who are in frocks and who live their lives by the Bible telling young women literally what sex means and young men what sex means? Why are we why are we letting them dictate the curriculum? Um, that's I think that's where it needs to start. Is religion needs to be removed from it, and expertise needs to be brought in. We need mm-hmm. to teach kids about the dangers and positives of sex the same way we teach them about how to cross the road safely because it's going to impact them. And that's how I feel about it. It's the same. Th- I feel like sometimes this is probably this is like whatever, but we really <laughs> blow sex out of proportion. Like. <laughs> Yes, yes, it is do. extremely serious. Of course, it can create life. Yes, there are things you need to be concerned about, worried about. But at the end of the day, there are how many billions of us on this earth? So clearly, it is something yeah. that happens in abundance and like quite regularly and frequently. So, mm-hmm. like you said, the same way that you teach a kid to look both ways while you cross the road, they yeah. need to be just as proficient as they are in that when it comes to sex. Otherwise, yeah. you're just grooming really emotionally detached and confused adults (laughs) you know who who reach 30 and can't even admit to themselves that 
I don't know, that they like they they toes played with. Like it'd be like be like little shit too. But I'm like, <laughs> that's the kink that you're worried about. Like I'm, you know, yeah. I don't kink shame, but like when I talk to people and I'm like, that's the thing that you think people are gonna be like, oh, that's weird. I'm like, oh, you haven't even heard what people are into. <laughs> no, baby, nobody cares if you like your little your little toes played with. Trust me, that's nothing. <laughs> people are out here doing things, like. But the fact yeah, that we have to do no things in the dark, you know, and this, I, I just hate yeah. how like seedy sex is. Like I just don't like that. Like, yeah, I get, I just, that. Mm, I get that. It makes you feel like cringy inside. And I also think I also think that's why I decided to even remain um, abstinent as long as I have. Because now it's three years. My birthday was my third year anniversary, so that was <laughs> a couple days ago. Um, and. I think I'm I'm sort of I'm now in this like rebellion phase of my abstinence, which is that's an interesting way to say it. But I'm like it's almost yeah. like I'm like rebelling now and I wanna like reclaim it because I'm like, first of all, being abstinent does not mean or being in a state of celibacy does not mean that I am devoid of sexual desire or arousal. <laughs> like I yeah. get aroused, I feel arousal, and that's fine. Like you said removing the religious aspect because when you say celibacy people immediately think none you know <laughs> like yeah. the church oh she's taking herself for jesus right like, oh it's a vow most people say oh, it's a vow yeah. of celibacy even the definition is like a vow of celibacy so it's already this, yeah. like, very serious thing because you take vows in marriage that's another weird ass thing a lot of a lot of civil education is <laughs> heavily linked to marriage which i'm like that is a contract a property of me as a woman so we need to discuss that yep. <laughs> like but that's the whole thing so now i'm in this like really rebellious kind of stage of it all where i'm just like i just really want to remind people that the choice not to have sex doesn't have to be one that you make solely out of being afraid of being hurt by someone or not having control over your own body and not having autonomy or not being able to express what it is that gets you hot and bothered and hot and ready like a little Caesar's pizza. Like, it's okay to be into the things you're into. <laughs> like, it's okay to be into the things you're into. But there's also this really... um <sighs> Everything's energy, right? We're human beings. We're energy. You know, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Energy never, never dies. So our energy goes somewhere, always. And your sexual energy is the same thing. It is energy. Like, that's why somebody knows when you're aroused. You're literally giving off an energy. (laughs) Then everyone in the room is like, oh, you... Like, you know, when a couple's in the room, they're just like... "Mm." Everyone's like, oh, y'all are ready to go. Like, y'all need to... You know what? Game (laughs) night's over. Thank you for coming. Like... Y'all are getting yeah, off get real, yeah, like, like real hot, yeah. but it's energy. You shifted the whole energy of the room by just being in close proximity to each other. They cannot even be canoodling, but like the energy is going off. So I'm like, there are other ways to redirect that energy to do other things, which is fine if you don't want to have mm-hmm. sex. But in your sexual education, there's no conversation about that. They're just telling you that any sexual energy that you feel is to be demonized and shut down and repressed. Yeah. You know, like lock yeah. away, put it in a box, don't talk about it until you're married. And people do do that. People do wait until marriage, from birth until marriage. They get married and then, like, they're afraid to even touch each other. Yeah. And that to me is like the saddest thing because I'm like, well, here you are, finally found this person you're madly in love with and want to do all the things. 
But y'all are so afraid because everyone's told you to be afraid to touch each other. Because it's such a horrible yeah. thing. When the only reason you exist is because two people touch each other. <laughs> yeah. Literally. I don't see it. <laughs> I just don't get the messaging. I've just always tried, I've always tried to figure out like what is the goal here? Like what is the goal telling people to wait until marriage if you're not going to educate them about why that might be beneficial to them but but um you know the only way they tell you that it might be beneficial to you is just because you might not get hurt and i'm like well why don't we teach people just about like the energy of it all like maybe just waiting and not even just till marriage like maybe just waiting a little bit just like helps you get to know what you're into like i'm i've always say like yeah i might be abstinent when i am standing from seven to marriage and i'm in a state of celibacy but well i don't masturbate anymore um because i'm practicing other things trying to mm-hmm. redirect my energy and just see what i can do with my energy and just you know see what i can yeah conjure up myself but when i was i would say like hey like again like i'm not devoid of like <laughs> my feelings i'm a human fucking being like um so yeah I still masturbate and that's fine like sex, sex with your i've always said masturbation is a practice i like to call everything a practice even sex is a practice you're either in the yeah. practice of sex or you're out of the practice of sex you're either in the practice of masturbating or you're out of the practice of masturbating. <laughs> so when I was in the practice of masturbating, but I wasn't engaging in sex with other people, I was really able to like, you know, just tap into myself and yeah. realize like, ooh, a lot of those things I was doing, I didn't even like. Because, you know, I wasn't someone that really like mm, masturbated that regularly anyway. Like I think, yeah. I think growing up, when I was introduced to masturbation, of course, you're like, I mean, like, I was a little girl, you know, a little girl's talking about it. You're like, oh, what are you talking about? What the clitor is? You know, you're like learning yeah. things because it's one, you always have that one friend who's like 13 and you're 10. So <laughs> they're talking yeah. about shit and you're like, oh, like, what, what do you mean? Um, you know, but even shit like that, like, I don't understand why we get like, yes, monitor your kids and watch them and make, and make sure, you know everybody is safe and nobody you know is hurt nobody taking advantage but like even when children are figuring out their bodies we i really think we need to not make them feel bad about it 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah like i i i the the idea of of making people feel ashamed of of exploring their bodies like the most disgusting thing I do every day is I take a shit. Like that's literally and, it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, and no one makes me feel bad about that nope. because it's it's a natural function. I have to do that. I have to if I'm a live. Shit but every day. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I'll have toxic shock syndrome and right. I'll die. <laughs> no, like literally. Um, so like y'all don't y'all don't say ew, gross. You took a shit. Well, of course I did. I like living. <laughs> exactly. And. But but when we're exploring our bodies in other ways, people are quick to assign shame to those things. Like, you know, masturbation. Oh, you're ringing the devil's doorbell. No, I'm touching my dick. Literally. Like, what's the problem here? And shouldn't I know how like, this functions? Like, honest to God. That's how I feel. Like, shouldn't I yeah, know how this like, part of my body works? I feel like I should know how this part of my body works. Yeah. Like, if I don't know what this does, then I'm not going to know how to use it effectively. And mm. I don't know how to use it effectively. Then I, I'm going to be damaged. Um, it's the same with like True. making women feel uncomfortable for breastfeeding in public. Oh my god! Oh. Like what? The, what the hell do you expect them to do? I'm sorry, 
I let my child starve because it's Literally. so far. <laughs> oh, you want her to go to the bathroom and pump first and make the baby wait 40 minutes? Baby's not waiting. Her titty is out. Yeah. She's feeding the baby. Why are you, mind your business. If it makes you that hot and bothered, go turn, turn yeah. around because she's feeding her baby and that's, you do that somewhere else. Exactly. <laughs> I think sexual liberation scares people because it comes back to the idea of control and what's been drummed in this, particularly in religious societies, yeah. um, is that if, unless what you're doing is somehow sanctioned by the church and therefore God, mm. then it's wrong. Mm. And like growing up as a gay guy, pff, yeah. <laughs> like you know, that was that was that was hello. You know, that was it. They wasn't it was, going well, for it. They're like the Bible says, even though it's like the Bible don't say shit about really being gay. I'll, really, yeah, we're gonna not be a, honest. Not a goddamn word. It doesn't yeah, say not shit a about goddamn it. Word. It doesn't. So I had to. I had to find out about. I had to find out about sex all by myself. Like there was no no resources, no access to. I couldn't talk to my teachers about it. I couldn't talk to my parents about it. I couldn't talk to my friends about it. Um, and that, that is dangerous. Yeah. Like that is dangerous. Um, and you put yourself in compromising positions with, let's be honest, some quite nefarious people. Oh no, definitely. Oh no, definitely. People pray on, you know, people bank on the, hope in fact that you don't know how your body works and that you don't know much about yeah. sex so they can take advantage of you like when you're talking about like I, no i'm not really i'm i'm i am playing with my dick i'm learning my dick i'm figuring out what my dick <laughs> like because yeah. but no but like if i don't know how my dick works and what my dick likes someone else is gonna tell me and then i'm gonna believe yes. that and i don't even know they're taking yes. advantage of me or they're doing something wrong like if i don't know it doesn't like that don't twist it like that don't pull no like if i don't know that's wrong and i don't like it you know they're gonna tell me like it's like when people tell yeah. you it's like i hate i hear the story like well even like women little girls learning that like it's supposed to hurt no it's not like who started no, that not. lie <laughs> a man a you man know? started that line. And then it's, think about even today in 2021, there are so many little girls who are now young women who believe I'm supposed to have these painful experiences during sex. And it's like, you know, but you're absolutely not though. Like at no point it shouldn't be yeah. painful unless you're like into pain and that's your kink. It should not be painful. And most of yeah. the time it's not they thing and it's not they kink and they're not into it. But somebody said, oh, well, it was supposed to hurt because of this and that and the third. So I, when you said that, that really like sat with me. Yeah. I was like, no, we have to get to know our bodies because somebody else is going to tell us what's right exactly. or wrong with our bodies. And what better do people know? Especially kids, 15, 12, 17. Jesus. What do they yeah. know? Like if I'm ever having sex and it hurts, it's only because I want it to hurt. It's mm -hmm. not because like... It's not because it's never supposed to hurt. No. Um, and that idea that it's almost like, well, this is this is the, the your your trade off for getting your rocks off is that well, it's gonna hurt. No, yep. that's that is horrible. That is who the fuck came up with that idea? Um, that to me comes back to the religion shit because y'all it's yeah. a punishment, and I'm like, why? Yeah. Why and how is sex a punishment? <laughs> Makes no sense to me. Especially Makes not if in the Bible God don't tell Adam and Adam and Eve to go forth and populate. Well damn, why yeah. would it hurt? Like I'll just be like, it don't make sense. This is why my nuns 
my nuns did not like me in my Catholic school because my hand was forever, my hand was forever raised. They were like, "Yes," I'm like, "Yes." Um, why would God? They were like, "Next question." I'm like, "I didn't even finish my question." No, I I used to get hit with a ruler. They were not playing with me, but I was like, "Jesus, yes." And well, you know what's so crazy? I didn't even. I wasn't even in elementary school that long ago. Let me see. It's 2020. I'm 23. So it was like early 2000, 2004. Yeah, I was in kindergarten when God rest their souls, 9/11 happened, and then I'm in first grade, and then second, third, fourth. Yeah, so I'm in I'm in elementary school, and I'm like, that was when people hit kids with rulers in 2005. Mm, dangerous, but that was those were that was my education. That was where yeah. I was learning. That was my learning environment. So it's like already, like already, just to ask a question, violence, you know, yeah. God, but then God is related to the violence. And I always was like, I, I just do not think that my God <laughs> would do this to me. I do not no. believe, like, I do not believe that my God would do that to me. Um, but you put that <laughs> in the self-education and they were just, oh, I got screamed at by <laughs> I got screamed at by one time for asking about a period. But I was like, aren't I going to have, like, a period? Why can't I ask? And this is supposed to be health class. They were not having it. They were. Like, I remember, I remember a a girl in my class, and she had, like, I'm not going to name her, obviously, but, um, like, she experienced her first period Mm. in, in class. And the first thing the teacher did and he was a man because of course it was no like of course it was uh, of course like was to send her out of the room <gasps> and be like go and clean yourself up and we'll deal with this as if she had as if she had intentionally taken a shit right like she the defaced the room like I'm my body is doing what it's supposed to do right now yeah and if maybe I'm a bit unprepared for, but like shit yeah if I had been for a couple of like, you know, uh, sensible female teachers, yeah, who had uh, like tampons with them and mm. helped her. I mean, like the other kids in the class as well were like, oh, horrible! What's, like, what's going on? And then when they realized it, it was like, oh, yeah, that's what happened. And she's a loser because of that. No, so, horrible! It's so embarrassing. I, ha! I'll never forget this. I have it. I'm not going to say his name because I almost did. But in 10th grade, (laughs) I went to a boarding school. I went to a private boarding school in Jersey. Mm -hmm. Um, So already, that's a lot. I was one of, let me see, one, two, three black girls um, at the time. And I was experiencing, right, beautiful, great experience. Um, I was experiencing my period. And, you know, I felt it coming on. And we kind of had, like, a dress code or whatever. But I was I was wearing lighter khaki pants. And I was like, oof, I need to leave yeah. the bathroom now, right? But yeah. I, had my, I had my little period, you know, my little period bag and my backpack. So I was like, Matt, go to the restroom. But we had a we had an exam scheduled for the day or whatever. But, I, yeah. but we weren't taking the exam until the second half of the class. So we were still in review. So I was like, oh, this is no problem. So I'm like, oh, man, go to the restroom. My teacher was like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So I'm like, okay. I take my bag because I'm not going to take out my period bag. I don't need everybody seeing. But yeah. first of all, when I look back, it's like, I really should have been like, I don't give a fuck if y'all see my pads and tampons. But in that mindset, I'm what? A 15-year-old girl. 
I've already been shamed that my body does this thing naturally to make me have a baby, which is the reason why you're here. Like, I, that's how I felt when I'm getting there. So I'm like, okay, thank you. Take my little backpack. I'm like about to be halfway out the door. And my teacher was like, wait, stop. And I'm standing here like, okay, I'm already standing up. I'm about to be like, whoosh. I don't need it happening in front of everybody. So like, yeah, let me go. So I'm like, yes, <laughs> you know, squeezing my legs together, trying to be like, sir, I need to go to the bathroom. Yeah. He's like, why are you taking your book bag? And now, of course, oh my God. all the girls in the class looked at me like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. You know what they were like? Oh my God, I am so yeah. sorry. He's doing this right now because they all knew because why the hell else would I be taking my bag to the bathroom? <laughs> and he has a daughter. He had a daughter who was like, you know, she was a, a bit younger than I was, and she wasn't experiencing her period yet. But I'm like, you have a daughter. You know that this is the age group when this, when yeah. this happened. Come on, you be wiser than that. So now everybody's looking at me like, why are you taking the bag, right? So I'm like, oh, I need what's in my bag to go use the restroom. <clears throat> and so he's like, well, what's so important in your bag that you need? So I'm like, oh my are God. you serious? Right? He's like, you know, we have an exam. The exam starts in the next 25 minutes. You are not allowed to take your, you know, course materials to the restroom. I'm like, okay, I'll take all my course materials out of my book bag. But I'm taking my bag to the bathroom. And he was like, no, you must leave your whole entire bag. So then I was like, this is another. I went off. And I was standing there and I could like feel it come. And I was like, I don't, I don't care yeah. now. You wanted to have a whole production. So yeah. I was like, you this, this on yourself. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, this is ridiculous. I am having my period. I am 15 years old. I have to go to the bathroom. I need to change my underwear. I need to put pads on. But now as I'm standing here, I like feel it more. So I'm like, actually, God. I am going to my dorm room. I am not coming back to the classroom. I will take my exam tomorrow. Like this is ridiculous. I am telling the head of school. Like I was a whole big thing. So now he's standing here like, uh, 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 and I'm like, ah, ah. And I leave, slam the door. It was it was a very effective, like dramatic leave. But I'm also a theater kid, so I knew exactly. Yes, I knew exactly <laughs> how to make this like an exit. I gave the drama. I was like, oh, I was crying. I didn't really, I didn't want to cry, but I was like, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I was so terrible. Yeah. I was terrible. I was like, I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna cry because I'm gonna cry because no, because you you did this right. So I leave. That's horrible. Oh, it was horrible. But when I think back on the experience, I'm like. That is so damaging to a child's psyche. Like you talk about yeah. mental health. I'm like, you tried to shame me in front of the whole classroom. And then it was like the other girls in the class were trying to give them a heads up. Like they were saying little things like, oh, I think you should just let her go. Like, why you? They were trying to joke with him. Don't ask her that. Because he's the teacher we kind of have like a jokey, jokey rapport with. So they were like, oh, yeah. you know. But he was like, well, I'm not going to say he wasn't getting it. He was being willfully obtuse. Um, yeah, but I was being just, a dick. Yeah, he was being a dick. And I was like, bro, you know I need my bag. Like, I never take my bag to the bathroom. I sit in the front of the class damn near. I'm not about to go to the bathroom and try to cheat on the exam. I'm taking yeah. this bag with me because I need this bag. Like, I'll be back in, like, 15 minutes. Mind your business. Like... They're being so dramatic. And then I was like, okay, you want to be dramatic? I'll give you dramatic. Like, that's pretty much how I took it. Like, yo, you want to be dramatic? Oh, I will give you dramatic since you want to... That is so horrible. Shame me. But it's like little things like that. Yeah. And then I thought, 
now that I'm here, I'm like, you know, I really wonder what, because he's now in his 60s probably. And I'm just like, I really wonder what your education was on women and sex and the body. But, but no, because he was my biology teacher. So it was, fuck you. Yeah, right? Exactly. I wish I could see his face right now. Exactly. He was my bio teacher. So it was like, if anybody would know why a girl a girl, a 15-year-old girl is taking her book bag to the bathroom, it's you. Like, <laughs> it's you. You're my bio teacher. Why would I take my bag to the bathroom? I've never, and the thing about it too was like, it was like the spring semester and I'd never done that in his class before. So I'm like, clearly this is an experience for me too. <laughs> like, let me go to the bathroom. Like, why are you trying to make me do this? And then, of course, when I said that, all the boys in the past were like, period. And I was like, shut up. You only exist because of a period. Like, shut up. <laughs> no, like, you only exist yes. because someone had a period. And was like, oh, I got to have babies now. And then, like, had sex and had a baby. Like, shut up. We're in, but it was like, we're in bi- But then that's how deep it goes. Like, I was in yeah. biology. Biology. That should be maybe the one classroom like you're safe in, but no. Your very educator is sitting here trying to shame you for your body doing what it's biologically <laughs> supposed to do. I'm like, that is bad I'm a shit. Girl. That is bad shit <laughs> to me. Girl. Like that. You didn't give a like, you didn't give a shit. Men are really on thin ice. Mm. Not gonna lie, thin, <laughs> like, thin, like thin ice. They got, they got, like they have, they really have the audacity. Thin, like, um, but that's horrible. I mean, all this is the thing as well. Like all of my negative experiences around sex and my exposure to like consent or right. whatever have all been at the hands of heterosexual men. Yup. And I'm not saying that heterosexual men are the cause of all the problems. I guess. But I'm definitely saying that they are the cause of all the problems. I'm going to say, like, like, I mean, I get If you don't want to say it, because I'll say it. (laughs) I'm not going to say it, but everybody else can say it, and I'll agree with it. It just like, seems like the common denominator for a lot of us out here in the world seems to be heterosexual men. Yeah. And I'm like, what's wrong with y'all? <laughs> like, love yeah, y'all, but... Mm. Yeah, well, mm, I've, mm, I have a lot of time for heterosexual men, but in the same in the same way that I don't have a lot of time right. for heterosexual men. I just feel like to be so like, privileged and to do nothing. Yeah. It's just like... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, Why? I, I, I have a lot of privilege. Like I, you um, do, yes, yes, but yeah. mm, see, my thing has always been like, <laughs> yeah, because you do have privilege. Okay, yes, but your even your privilege gets limited. But of course, yes, it's yeah. still privilege. Like, still white, so it's a lot yeah. of privilege there. Like, yeah, and let's not let's not have that conversation. But right, but it's I, like. I, yeah, it's privilege, but I just feel like I feel like a society, like let's say a global yeah. society. I feel like people know my opinions on the podcast. My podcast, you don't have to worry here. We got a real great group of listeners. They're very open, um, very forward thinking. But globally, 
I think we are like starting... I'm, very, I'm very open about being white. You know, I'm very open about the fact that I'm white. Well, you, you know, know. Like, I can't really... Openly white. What's his name? What's his name? Jack Harlow, that little rapper. He's so funny to me. Everybody was trying to comfort him. He was like, I try to tell you guys every day I'm white. Like, I don't understand. Like, he's like, I tell you guys all the time that I'm white. Like, he's like, I never... He's like, I'm, I'm never trying to, like... He's like, listen, if I'm appropriating, let me know. But he's like, but y'all not gonna sit here and say I didn't tell I was white. He was like, I ain't never pretended. He said, I know I'm white as mayonnaise. He said, I... His tweets are hilarious. He's like, I am the whitest of, like, little white boys. Please. Yeah. I know my place. He's like, I stay right in my lane as a little white boy rapper. He said, I would never... He says, what are my opinions on who? I'm not answering that question because I'm a little white boy rapper. And that's not a question yeah, for me. Yeah, we're not doing that today. You know, he's we're like, not that that's not today. a question for yeah. me. Please ask somebody else that, that it applies to. Um, But yeah. globally, I think we're all starting to understand that race, race privilege or ethnicity privilege is definitely obviously still a thing. Um, just as much as class privilege is everything. But I think that we are now globally starting to have more conversations about sex like the privileges yeah. within sex just as an umbrella term that you break it down a whole bunch of things because I don't think I don't think we we have been really seriously having those conversations or they've been very limited to this is bad and this is good and now people are like yeah. there's a little more intersection that needs to go on here because people are definitely being afforded um certain privileges that we just don't think are okay and you're trying to demonize the rest yeah. of us. And it's like, why though? We all exist. I'm going to keep going back to it, but we all exist because of sex. <laughs> like, I don't understand why is sex bad. Like, when it's even the OnlyFans conversation, like, people are mad. Like, I I stand with the sex workers. I get what they're saying. Oh, yeah. Like, why the hell do these celebrities need to come on OnlyFans and claim they're about to upload and risque whatever? No, well, you're not. You know? And take up all the money and all the everything and then make their collections and dip or whatever. And then when sex workers are trying to, you know, have their price, everybody's like, oh, that's too much money. No, but I'm giving you actual content. Like, they showed yeah. you an ankle. And maybe ankles are your thing. But I'm giving you content. <laughs> like, you're not about to get this content for a dollar. No. Unless a dollar yeah. is my thing, you're not getting it for a dollar. Exactly. And there is racism in that because oh. like like I mean I don't have to tell you that <laughs> <laughs> but you're right though yeah I'm gonna thanks for coming to my podcast Winter I'm gonna tell you about sexism you know what I'm saying right more. I'm like oh tell me more I never knew I never like, understood no yeah please tell me about that Steven I really need to know <laughs> but um like, <laughs> like but the majority of like there's like uh, women of color are like sex work is predominantly women of color, yeah. particularly in Ireland, and also women who use OnlyFans are predominantly women of color mm-hmm. because the opportunities are not afforded to them that are afforded to no. white men. Period. <laughs> like for them, for the, so then for celebrities, particularly again white celebrities, to so co-op annoying. that space. Oh my god! Like fuck off! It's the same. It's the same as well. It's not the same. But it's similar to like gay beating or queer beating. It is though. It is, I get what you're saying. It's not the same, yeah. but like it is though, because y'all know what y'all are doing. Yeah. Stop taking. Like stop asking me for my money yeah. for shit that you don't like to do. You don't like to do. Like fuck 
off with that. That you don't like to do. That's really the key fucking phrase. That you yeah. don't even like to do. Like, you're literally only doing this because you know that you can make a quick six figures and then be gone. But then for those yeah. of us that actually like to do it or do do it or this is just our livelihood or whatever, people are like, oh, you're charging too much. No, I'm not. Yeah. They had a built-in platform of 2.5 million people. Of course, they were only going to charge $5. It did they knew they were making millions in that. I do not have a built-in platform of 2.5 yeah. million people yet. I'm very like, hopeful. Right? <laughs> well, fingers crossed. Fingers, cr fingers right. crossed. Right. I, will have, I will have a platform of 2.5 million people. <laughs> but uh, it's like when Chris Evans accidentally licked his dick pic. You know. <laughs> I mean. That was a day one. on Twitter. I was like, hey, okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was here for that. Like, I, I was. I mean, you know, I, I, I guess here. maybe he really didn't know that was his dick. But I'm like, sir, you you didn't see your picture on your phone. <laughs> that in itself, that in itself is the fucking straight white male privilege. It's like, oh. well, I can just, I don't have to worry about my dick being in a photo because yeah, it's not gonna cost me anything, and there's no, there's no. Oh, he got more jobs because of it. I've never seen Chris Evans yeah. have more interviews in like a four month time period than then. And also, Chris Evans, where's your? I'm calling. I'm calling you out, Chris Evans. You need to say thank you to black women for all those memes because I never seen you have so many solo interviews until black women. <laughs> started hyping you up because you didn't realize your dick was in the pit, I guess. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And the audacity. He was doing that for free when there are when there are guys in your city Hello. who are trying to make a couple of dollars doing the same thing to feed themselves. That's what I'm saying. I just feel like if you can be an ally, be an ally then. Like, be a real ally. Yeah. Retweet their content or promote it or just talk about it invite them to your interview like just do things you know are going to actually be helpful not i feel like i feel like they think that being an ally is doing the same thing as the people they're trying to be an allyship with but i'm like no but yes. you don't like doing the thing though so don't do the thing <laughs> just be yeah. an ally support the people that do the thing like but don't you don't do it like Sex is exactly the same. Yes. Sex is exactly the same. Like, oh god, I've I've got myself like annoyed about this now. <laughs> I just want everybody to just have happy sex. That's what I'm always telling everyone, yeah. my listeners. I just want you guys to have happy sex. And I know that we are in 2021. I know that we are in the world, and I know that it's a Panasonic and <laughs> it's a Panatone bike. <laughs> <laughs> we're, in the, we're in the middle of a panorama right a panorama um, and i know it's difficult but you know <laughs> sex with yourself is still enjoyable sex in your mind is still yeah. enjoyable and sex in general is still enjoyable and even if you're asexual like i'm here for you too buddies like i talk yeah. about y'all all the time because nobody talked about y'all in sexual education and then i was like what's an asexual and i was like they're 14 and somebody who was asexual yeah. had to tell me and i was like oh that's interesting i never knew Kids these days are so much more um, involved and oh, engaged God in their own, God bless yeah, in their own sexual awakening. Um, and like, I don't like using the term "woke." I don't either. But like, for a lot of different reasons. But kids these days are a lot more aware. Um, aware. aware. Perfect. 
graphic work yep. aware yep. Of, of their own boundaries yep. and limitations and yeah. god see if i like i wish i had i wish whenever i was 15 i had access to tiktok full of empowered women of color to tell me what i shouldn't put up with from fucking white men let me tell you that right now mm-hmm. um but anyway that's a different conversation um but <laughs> i just I, I i feel like i missed out on a lot whenever i was younger about sexual health and healthy relationships and oh, conversations definitely. about that i mean definitely and what's interesting is you're in your 30s i'm only yeah. in my still early 20s for all of you listening i'm yeah. 24 don't you dare <laughs> tell me i'm my mid-20s as now i'm 25 relax no you're not in your mid-20s you're in your early okay 20s. i'm a youth yeah. you heard it here i'm a youth yeah, you're a youth <laughs> yeah, anyway you're in the 16 to 25 bracket. Okay. You're a young person. That's youth. I'm still, as church would say, I'm still in the youth group. Why yeah, are That's on periods. That's like, that's yeah. a fact. <laughs> but um, I'm only 24. But you're 30. You're in your 30s. They're too. But I'm like, even this thing about my little cousins or my mentees, I'm like, y'all are so aware. God, I'm so yeah. happy for y'all because... I was not this aware at 15 and no. 15 was nine, only nine years ago for me. And I'm like, that made a huge difference. Clearly, <laughs> clearly, um, yeah. and awareness and just self, um, what is the word? Self-actualization. I think that the youth today. What? No, I, I don't. I'm in the middle of this. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll talk to you in a second. Or I don't have your charger. I don't know where your charger is. I don't have it. <laughs> oh, it's here. I, sorry, I do have it. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. You have the charger. He has the charger, y'all. He actually had the charger before. Thank you. Oh, my God. Thanks very much. Bye. It's a scandal. <laughs> <laughs> not you had the... Wait, I, I'm, you're sending me because not you had the charger. <laughs> you're like, not what? No, I'm doing, I'm doing celebrity was- things. It was it was right there, <laughs> like it was in front of me. I'm screaming because you were like, "Excuse me, no, you not see? I'm on a very important call." And then you were I'm like, on a "Oh, actually, call, sir, excuse me." And then you're like, "Oh, actually, your charger's right here. Super sorry. Here you go. Bye." Yeah, I'm gonna have to go in a second because it's nearly midnight here. Oh, but... of course, of course. Um, but <laughs> I mean, we're pretty. I mean, we pretty much covered it. We did it all. Um. We did. We did the thing. To everyone listening, you know, go to Ireland when the Panasonic, Panoramic, Panatomic bike is <laughs> over. Um, it's very lush and green there. You heard it here it's first. Here. Yeah. Whenever we get to the other side of this, Patricia, come over and see Ireland. Patricia, you know? Patricia, exactly. Um, I believe there's <laughs> dragons there. Stevens might be too small. I just think they don't know where you're looking. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there are dragons. You guys aren't looking hard enough. I will yeah, find there, there are dragons. There are dragons. Yeah. I'll admit that there are dragons. Yeah. <laughs> so before you say adieu and goodbye, well, not goodbye. See you later. Uh, to the podcast, <laughs> just remind them one more time of who you are and where they can find you. You know, and things like that. Yeah, Podcasty sure. outro things. <laughs> cool. So uh, I'm Stephen. Uh, Stephen with a double barrel surname, Donald Dalzell. Um, and uh, I live in Belfast in Northern Ireland with my husband. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Donan, D-O-N-N underscore S. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talk about LGBT activism. I talk about 
working class solidarity and praxis. I talk about addictions. I talk about mental health. And I also uh, sometimes get drunk and tweet things that I probably shouldn't. So stick around for that. Those are the best tweets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this. Tweets. Oh my God, thank you! I'm so happy. I've only been doing this podcast, honestly, for a short time. And I just like I talking it. to people. So I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Thank you. You've been a stellar guest. You're my first, like, international guest. Uh, so... You. You're a celebrity now. I'm a celebrity now. Well, We're celebrities. The podcast international poo. <laughs> Period. <laughs> okay. I love it. Thank you so much thank for having you. me on. I really, I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank you. You have a blessed midnight <laughs> evening. You have a great rest of the day. Thank you. He's like got a whole, the whole of Thursday to look forward to. Listen, I sure do. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of While We Wait, the podcast about abstinence and celibacy. I am your host, Winter. Make sure that you leave us a five-star review and make sure that you are sharing the podcast with your friends, family, co-workers, you know, just people walking down the street. I mean, whoever. Just let people know that this podcast exists. I'm so glad that you sat down and listened to what I had to share today. Um, this podcast is really a truly a labor of love and I appreciate every single one of you who listens. Make sure you check the show notes to know how you can further support the podcast by donating, sharing, um, sending in emails about topics you would like to hear and content you would like to see me create on the podcast. Uh, yeah, I'm just super excited. You know, here we are once again, another year, 2021 season two, and we're sponsored by a black woman soy wax candle company. Shariko, we're doing it so uh thank you for listening and make sure you check out our sponsor for the entire season Shariko. that's www.shop s-h-a-r-i-c-o.com that is shop it's self-care in a luxe way